Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook-Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook-Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Inspired Choices Network. You're listening to Financially Speaking with your your host, that's me, Kathy Cook-Noble. And I'm excited to be here, as I always am, to talk about money and finance and all those great topics that I know people are sometimes afraid of or shy away from because they let themselves be overwhelmed and it's easy to do because our industry is uh, a little bit guilty of making things sound complicated because they they throw in a lot of math and a lot of uh, formulas and stuff like that. But the reality is it's it's not that hard and you absolutely can understand it. There's no question about it. And that's exactly what we do here uh the inspired choices network uh, is we break down i sometimes what seem to be hard and complicated topics and we make them easy and self-fitting for your life and and give you the tools that you need and the information you need to apply to your life to make your life successful and happy and and in however way you define that and on this show particularly financially speaking we do it through the financial concepts so we take out any financial mystery and any financial stress, at least I hope that's what we do, that's our plan, is to make it very easy for you to understand your own stuff. Because no matter what anybody says, I can tell you, you can absolutely understand your stuff. And by day, I'm a financial advisor with um, bookkeeping, and you definitely can understand your stuff. And I always tell people, you don't have to understand everybody else's stuff, or you don't have to understand what's happening on TV or What's happening with the the lifestyles of the rich and famous people? You just have to understand your own stuff. So that's what we do here. And as always, we're happy to have you call in or write in or email us suggestions on topics. I'm always especially happy to get topic suggestions because that means that there's a question out there that somebody has a, a deep desire to have answered and really needs some support with it. And I will look into to answering that for you and. And if we have uh, a whole show on it, all the better. So I get asked about mortgages a lot. Um, I don't do mortgages. I'm not a licensed mortgage broker. I'm not uh, uh, in any way, shape, or form connected to the real estate industry, either through mortgages or buying and selling real estate. But it is something that affects every, pretty much everybody's life that I come in contact with, where they have questions about they're either looking to get one or they're looking to get rid of one, or they're looking to see if they could do something different or something better. So that's where today's show came from, is mortgages. And it's the it's funny because just when we start with, and I and I uh, look at the originate where the word originates from, and we've got mortgage equals death pledge. That's actually what mortgage means in Latin, and you've got. It's something called a death pledge. So what does that mean exactly with a mortgage? Well, let's start with, before we get into all what it is and how much and all that, what is a mortgage? So for all of you out there who are thinking, well, I have a mortgage. I know exactly what that is. Um, a mortgage is a loan. It's just, it's it's a mortgage loan is what it's actually called. But we've over time just, you know, simplified it down to the word mortgage 
And what it, it typically is, it's a loan by somebody like a purchaser who wants to buy a piece of property. And there's a, a seller that's going to sell you the piece of property and they want to get paid for it. So if I'm the purchaser and I'm going to buy a house from, let's call her Christine. So Christine's selling her house and I'm going to buy it from her. She's the seller and she wants me to give her the $300,000 that she's selling her house for. And I, as the purchaser, I'm going to give her $300,000. Now, what happens if I don't have $300,000 in my bank to write a check for? Um, then does that mean I can't buy the house? No. That means that I need to get a mortgage loan or a mortgage. So that means that somebody else is going to give me the money and they're going to register something called a lien on the property saying, I have an interest in this property. And in return, I'm going to lend you this money that's secured by the property. So that means that this third party is going to give me the $300,000 so I can give it to Christine so I can buy her house. And then Christine gets to walk away and her house is now sold and there's no connection to her in the house. Now me and the third party person, I now owe $300,000 to this third party, but they're not going to get just $300,000. That's just the principle. They're going to get something else called interest. And that interest is going to be based on how much the interest is, how long I have to pay for, how much money I had to put down. So those are, uh, that's generally how it works with any particular loan, but specifically with a house and a mortgage. So the the term death pledge, where a mortgage comes from, it comes from uh, um, a term meaning death pledge, and it refers to the pledge dying when either the obligation is fulfilled, which means I've either paid it off, or the property is taken through a foreclosure, which means I didn't pay it, and the third party took it because I didn't. So the mortgage is actually, the sorry, the house is actually used as collateral, and secured for the mortgage. So what does that mean? That means the person lending me the money is going to make money on it. They're going to charge me interest. It's going to be over typically a long time, either 20, 25, or 30 years amortized. And that's amortized means that's what they're spreading the amount over for. So they're also it also means that they have a lien on the house, which means I cannot sell the house and not pay them. If I sell the house, then they're in a position to get paid out. It also means that if the renewal comes up and they decide they're not going to renew, I have to get money from somebody else. So it's a death pledge. So it goes to the death, the death of the money owing. That's what it means. So the death of the money owing. So what can we borrow money on? Well, we can borrow money on anything just about that someone's going to be willing to lend you money on and a mortgage or um, a death pledge, which I think is, if we referred to it that way, we probably would would uh, be trying less to get them <laughs> and we'd probably be trying to pay them off faster or, or have smaller amounts of them. But a mortgage can be on either house, like residential where we live, or it can be on a business, on a commercial property. So if you're going to get... Um, if you're going to go and buy a business, let's say, and you want to pay for the business and in that business, you're going to get the building and 
you're going to get the business that goes with it, and you might even get a few employees that are part of the business, then you're probably going to need a mortgage because most people don't have the full amount to pay out. Now, even if you do have the full amount to pay out, is it a good idea to do that? And you know my answer to everything is, well, that depends on your situation because everybody's different. But in a case typically where you hear a business is being bought out, you don't hear of them being bought out for cash where if they had $500,000, they paid $500,000 in cash. And why would that be? What's the reason for that? Well, there's a few reasons. One, if you can borrow money, and that's what you're doing. A mortgage is essentially you're borrowing money and you're just using the the property or the business or the house, whatever, as collateral, saying I'm securing it. So if I default and I don't pay you, then you're going to get this, which means you should be able to sell it and get all your money back. But if typically, if you can borrow money at a lower interest rate and have your cash still available in a case of your business, for example, then you can use that money in your business to grow the business, to use it for marketing, to use it for hiring, to use it for any kind of expansion. The challenge that a lot, I see a lot of, in a, a lot, a lot, a lot in business, the challenge is cash flow. And what happens is people end up asset rich and cash poor. And if you've ever heard that before, that means they have a lot of assets, but they don't have a lot of cash. And you you can't run your business without cash because you have to have that to pay your bills. You have to have that to expand. You Even in your household, think of your household as your, your home, and you might even actually have it as a home business, but your household, if it runs like a business, then you still have uh, utilities, you still have groceries, you still have you know dog food, cat food, fish food, whatever the case is that you have to buy. That means cash, right? So you have to have cash flow. And if all your money is in all your assets and you put all your cash in that, you have no mortgage and then you have no cash flow, then that makes things a lot tougher for you to grow or or even just survive. So am I saying that you have to have a, you have to have a mortgage? No, for sure not. Sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it doesn't. And then we're even going to today we're going to talk about the different kinds of mortgages because not all are not all mortgages are created equal. There's different kinds. There's different types of people that can handle different kinds of mortgages. So, what does it mean when I say your cash your cash poor? Well, you might have a lot of assets, but like I said, you need cash to to survive and run day to day. So, that's when sometimes it makes sense to have a mortgage. It's also sometimes when people have mortgages, not just because they bought it for the first time. So I might be buying my house for the first time. Remember that house I bought from Christine? This might be the first time I've ever bought a house or a piece of land. So I'm going to need someone to lend me the money. And I'm going to get that third party to do that. And we're going to talk about who those third parties can be too today. But I borrow the money from this third party. And Christine gets paid out. I buy her house and she's happy. Off she goes. And now I'm paying over the course of so many years, a certain amount every month to this third party to pay back the money. Well, I have to do that because I didn't have the cash anyway. And even if I did have the cash and I drained all my cash, I'd be cash poor. And I wouldn't be able to buy groceries or I wouldn't be able to run my business. But the other thing that we need to know is I could have owned my house for a long time and I might not have a mortgage on it. And things change or I want to expand my business or I want to buy something else. Say I want to buy a business. 
So I can actually take my mortgage, or sorry, take my house, and go to a third party and say, I already have the house. I'm not buying anything. And I want to put a mortgage on it, which means I want you to give me or loan me money for this asset that I have. And in return, I will make payments to you and pay the money back. But that gives you a cash upfront infusion so that you can buy your business or you can expand your business or you can buy a cottage or another house or whatever it is that you're looking to buy. Now, I always like to caution people, you want to be very careful because just because you can get access to cash and a lot of the time if you have an asset that is um, available to be used as collateral, you can get access to cash. And if that's what you're doing, then you just need to be careful that you're not blowing the cash because you always have to pay that back. So if you borrow money, you have to pay it back and you're paying it back with an interest on it. Now, we all know interest because I've talked to you about those before and there's different kinds of interest rates. There's the credit cards, which, um, you know, 20, 30%, I guess it's 29.99 because they can't go 30. But if you have credit cards, they're much higher interest typically than uh, a mortgage interest, which is, you know, two, three, four, five percent, depending on what kind of mortgage you get. So those are some of the things that we're going to talk about. I know it's probably not the most exciting topic to people, but it's the one topic that uh, potentially affects everybody because you'll be looking for um, uh, you'll be, you'll be looking for a mortgage. Either you are looking for a mortgage, which means you're looking for a house, or you're looking to buy a business, or you're looking to grow, or you're looking to do something, but Typically, people are at some point in their life going to come across needing a mortgage or wanting a mortgage or, or thinking they want a mortgage because really when you say, oh, you're looking to get a mortgage, that means I'm looking to owe somebody money, which I always kind of laugh. I know that's not what people mean, but when they say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to, to get a mortgage and I'm like, oh, so you want to owe people money. Uh, but no, what they really want to do is they want to buy a house or they want to buy a business or they want to expand a business or whatever it is. So. Anyway, that is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about mortgages. I'm going to talk about the different kinds. We're going to talk about the different terms that people come across with mortgages. If nothing else, today I would really, my goal for everyone is to understand what the mortgages are and potentially just get your mind in a position where if you are looking to buy a house and you're going to be going down this road where you're going to talk about mortgages, then you're going to feel comfortable with some of the terminology because you're going to see different uh, terms and you're going to hear different terms when you're when you're talking to the mortgage lender, which we're going to talk about the different kinds of those. So we're coming up to our first break today. Let's take a break. Let's get ready and talk about mortgages. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and I am your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. When we come back, we are going to talk more about mortgages, so go get yourself a uh, ready and get your mind set and prepared and stay tuned. We will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. 
live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back. I'm going to guide you through this journey that we take on uh, our discovery of mortgages that we talked about before we went to the break. And I'm just here to help and break break it down really on what mortgages are. I'm going to read you something really boring and dry and then I'll explain to you what it means because that's uh, what people usually see and what they usually read and they're like, what? And then they ask me, what does that mean? So let's just read what it actually is. So a mortgage is, a mortgage occurs when an owner pledges his or her interest, which is the right to the property, as security or collateral for a loan. So therefore, a mortgage is an encumbrance with limitation on the right of the property, just as an easement would be. But because most mortgages occur as a condition for new loan money, the word mortgage has become a generic term for a loan secured by such real property. And as with other types of loans, mortgages have an interest rate and are scheduled to amortize over a set period of time, typically 30 years. All types of real property can and usually are secured with a mortgage and bear an interest rate that is supposed to reflect the lender's risk. So what does that mean? That means that a mortgage is giving you money in exchange for rights or authority over a piece of property. So if I give a mortgage to somebody, that means I'm giving you money and in return, we are legally going to register that I have a right to the property if you don't pay. So if you don't pay, I can take the property. I can take the house. I can take the business, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> so that's the cool thing is to get a mortgage, it's typically less risk because uh, you have something tangible. 
that you can actually recover your expenses with. So if I have, if I'm, if I'm getting a mortgage from a third party lender, like I mentioned before the break, I'm buying a house, I'm getting a third party to give me money. And we'll talk about who that third party is in a minute. Um, there's, they have a risk. Of course they have a risk. There's always a risk in lending money, but part of the risk isn't so much that they're giving me a $300,000 loan based on my word, trust me, I'll pay it back. They're giving me a $300,000 loan based on the value of this house that's worth three hundred and fifty, because now they can say, well, worst case scenario, I don't pay. They take possession of the house, they sell it, they recoup their money, and they typically are going to get more than what the mortgage is because you don't get a mortgage for 100% value of the house. So if the house is worth $300,000, you're not going to get a $300,000 loan. You're probably only going to, at the most, you might get 80% value. So you might get, you'll have to come up with 20%, so 20% or 10%, depending on how you do it. And we'll talk about this. You have to come up with 30000 or $60,000, and then the balance of that is going to be your mortgage. So how do you know if you have to come up with 10 or 20%? Well, a lot of the time, uh, the, the, the down payment depends on who you're dealing with. So if you're dealing with different kinds of lenders, so a lender is the one that's going to give you the money up front or give the money to the the seller, actually. They don't give it to you. They pay the seller out and then you pay them back. Um, That lender is not, people always think it's a bank. It's not always a bank. It could be any financial institution. It could be a bank. It could be uh, a credit union. It could be private money and the private lender. That could be, you know, your cousin or or me. It could be, it could be somebody that isn't a financial institution and isn't a bank, but they're willing to lend you the money. It could be a group of people. You could have, if it's a hundred, three hundred thousand dollars that you need to borrow, you could have three people give you a hundred thousand dollars each, and each of those guy, each of those lenders are now going to be on title to get paid back in case you default. So that's kind of the, this is where mortgages are kind of fun because when you think about it, you can go out and borrow money to buy a, a, a significant asset and something that is tangible and, and has value that you could resell. So in 2009, 2010, when properties um, in the southern states were really, really, really dropped off and became extremely cheap, then you could have bought up if you had the ability and you had the credit, which we'll talk about in a minute, but you could have actually bought up a couple houses and held on to them or fixed them up or whatever the case is that needed to be done and then sold them a couple years later and actually made money. So you could go get a mortgage on a house for 300000 and if the market conditions are right and if it's the right kind of house, all these things you have to do your homework on, but you can hang on to that and in two years you could sell it for maybe three seventy-five, and you pay out your mortgage and you make money off of it. And a lot of people do that. You've probably, there's a lot of TV shows and I know a lot of you, a lot of people out there maybe even are doing it. We've all heard of the people who are doing flips where they buy property and they flip it, which means they buy it cheap or they buy it where it's depressed or needing a lot of work 
and they put the work in and they put the money in and then they flip it, meaning then they sell it fairly quickly for a profit. So if a house was uh, left abandoned and somebody didn't pay their mortgage and the bank foreclosed on it or the lender foreclosed on it, they might be willing to sell it for just what's owing on it. So if it's a $300,000 house and there's $200,000 owing on it, they might be willing to sell it for 200. So you go in and you buy it for 200 and you might do a little bit of work and fix it up if it needed some repairs. And then once you have that, you put it back on the market and you sell it for 325. Well, 325 minus 200 that you paid minus whatever your costs are is going to be your profit. So that's what a, that's what a flip is in a nutshell, where they go out, they buy the property and then they, they, they do something to it to make it more valuable in terms of renovations and then they sell it fairly quickly, but they don't actually live in it. So those are, you see those, those shows on TV, they've grown in popularity. Um, on a side note, they make it look really easy <laughs> and it can be for some people if you know what you're doing. The challenge is you really got to know what you're doing because you're dealing with a lot of money and you can get yourself into trouble. So just be very, very careful if you're thinking, well, I could do that. I'll just buy property and flip it. Well, you have to make sure that you're doing your right homework. You're buying in the right neighborhood. You're buying it at the right price. You're controlling your costs that you're putting in. Um, you have the cash flow to make sure that you can afford to do the renovations. And then if it doesn't sell right away, that you have the means to be able to pay for the property taxes and uh, any interest that's owing on money that you've borrowed in, until it does sell. So you have to be, those. that's not what I'm here to tell you today. That's not my area of expertise. I just know that I've seen people do it very successfully and make a lot of money and I've seen people get into a lot of trouble and go bankrupt. So uh, if that's what you're thinking, then there's lots of homework and just make sure you're very careful with it. So I've used the term foreclosure on those in uh, when we're referring to a mortgage and the, that the lender has the right to foreclose if you don't pay. What is that? Well, foreclosure is actually, it's like repossession. They repossess the property. They take the property back. And what happens is they seize the property and they say, you haven't paid for it. Now, I mean, there's some paperwork that goes with this. They can't just come up to knock on the door and do this. But if you haven't paid and they're in a position that they can foreclose, what happens is they, they say, okay, hey, I'm going to take that property back. You haven't paid me for it, and um, I'm going to sell it myself. So, Or I'm going to do something with it myself. But either way, I'm going to minimize the amount of costs that I'm out. And that means taking possession of the property. So a foreclosure, if you see that or you hear of that, and, and there was a lot of foreclosures in uh, – the, the um, finding at the end, you know, during the financial crisis, because people were they didn't have the money, and there's a lot of a uh, lot of things happening. But the 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 idea of foreclosures was there was a lot of those, and there was a lot of people that took the took advantage of that to say, hey, I'm going to buy them at this rate, and then I'll fix them up, and I'll be able to sit on them until the market recovers, and then I'll sell them and make money. And a lot of people did, but there's a lot of people that also lost their houses and lost their shirt with. Um, figuratively speaking, that they when when they uh, didn't have the cash and couldn't sit on it. So the completion is when uh, the mortgage deed is set up, and we're going to start paying money on the mortgage. So our borrower is the person who is going to take on uh, using the money to buy the property. 
the lender is the person, either the bank or the financial institution. They're the ones that are, are willing to give you the money so that you can go buy this asset. Uh, the seller is the person who is, is willing to sell you that property and the lender is going to pay them out. Um, the principal and interest we talk about a lot in any kind of loan, but in a mortgage especially, and they break it out by principal, which is the original amount of money that's owing. So in our example, it was $300,000. And then interest is the amount of money that's in addition to the cost of borrowing. So, and that's what I want to talk to you about after the next break is the interest and the principal, because that is the part that I find in my own everyday practice that most people know about and focus on, but I don't know in my opinion, if they're focusing the right way on it. So that's what I want to talk to you about after the break. We're just coming up to our our second break, and we're going to talk about mortgages today, and we're going to talk about uh, the, I mean, we've talked about how they how they work, what they are, and then I want to talk about different types of mortgages, and we're going to talk about that after the break, when some of the types are, um, especially interest and principal, some are interest only, some are a term where you have to have so much paid off, you have to have the whole thing paid off over a certain amount of time. Some are payment amount and frequency, which is you're going to pay a certain amount of money over a certain amount of time, and it's a set rate that they say. And then repayment, um, there's some restrictions or even penalties. So if you had extra money and you said, oh, I just inherited this money or I won the lottery and I won $50,000. I want to put that down on my mortgage. You could actually be penalized, which means it would cost you money or you wouldn't be able to do it to put extra money down on your mortgage. It's not something that's open that you can just do what you want whenever you want. There's a lot of rules that go with it. And we're going to talk about more of that after the break. We're up to our second break. So let's keep on talking about mortgages and how these can work for us and how we can use them. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network with your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And when we come back, we'll keep talking about this death pledge. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust.
This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Good afternoon and welcome back to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm excited to be here talking to you about our mortgage conversation. Uh, it's something that you probably hear every day. There's ads for it. There's signs for it. You can't go anywhere without somebody going to tell you or sell you or do something that's going to make it better for you. Just ask them or read the ad, right? So we talked about mortgages, what they are. Um, I didn't talk about how you get them. The, the way you get them is you qualify for them. And qualifying, it depends on who you go to as a lender. Remember we talked about that as a third party. A third party lender is not just a bank. I know they're the ones that really advertise the most about them, but you see a lot of independent brokers for mortgages now. And that what does that mean? That means they, like anything, they can go out to the market and that place where there's all the tra- market is just a place of trade and exchange, right? So there's the financial market where you trade money for securities or um, you sometimes um, trade, it <laughs> feels like you trade your right arm. That's that's exactly right, Christine. That's funny. I, we have a comment in the um, in our chat room here, and it's true. Sometimes you do feel like you're selling your body parts or your soul to the devil or something. But uh, what really happens is um, you're making an exchange of money or services for something else. And that's what the market is. So in the mortgage and in, in the mortgage world, a broker could go to market and say, okay, I can search different banks. Um, they can search different lending institutions like credit unions or private, uh, private money or individuals that are private companies. So there's private companies that do uh, lending. There's individuals that do private lending. So there's, there's, there really is a lot of options. Most people don't realize that with a mortgage, but there really is. So, I just want to give you an idea in case you've never thought about this or what happens, and I find this typically is what happens, is a a person or a couple, they'll go in and they'll go to the financial institution and they'll say, um, I'm going to buy this house and I need a mortgage. And they'll say, okay, let's see what you qualify for. Well, how much do you make? We'll do a credit check with your credit score. Um, what's your credit look like? Have you had a mortgage before? How stable is your job? All these kind of things. And then they'll say yes or no. And if they say yes, they'll say, well, we might approve you for, you know, $200,000. <clears> so that means that is the most you're going to get on a mortgage, no matter what. So if you go out and you buy a million dollar house, you're only going to get $200,000. So you better have the money to put down. And, then they tell you, okay, on this mortgage, we're going to give you this interest rate and we're going to charge you, and you see this now on the, all the ads, 2.3% or 3.5 and all these numbers. And you look at it and you're like, oh, okay. Well, then it's not a straight line when we talk about this stuff. 
And it's not complicated. You absolutely can understand it. But you need to understand there's different things to look for, different avenues that you can take. <clears throat> and one of them is <clears throat> there's fixed and there's variable. So fixed means fixed means that is it. It is going to be 2.5%. It's not going to change. And it's going to be for a term. And a term is going to be the length of time. So it might be a 2.5% for five years. That means you are committing in blood <laughs> almost, it feels like. But you're committing to five years to pay 2.5% interest on your total mortgage. And that's going to result in X dollars a month. And out of that month, so much is going to go to interest and so much is going to go to principal. So let me give you an example. If you had a $200,000 mortgage, okay, and say your rate, your annual interest rate is 4.5%. You're committing to that 4.5%. Now, they amortize it, which means they spread it out over three years, but they give you a 25-year mortgage. So it, the way to think of that is they're giving, they're allowing you to pay less because they're using it as longer years, but you're not getting the longer years. Now you're going to pay a thousand dollars and a thousand thirteen dollars. So you've got two hundred thousand dollars at four point five percent. And you're going to pay $1,013 a month, principal and interest. So what does that look like? Well, in your first year, your interest part is going to be just under $9,000. It's going to be $8,934. So that means a, the, bulk of your, a, the bulk of your monthly $1,000 payments, because if we say it's $1,013, let us call it $1,000 for easy math, you're going to pay $12,000 that year and almost $9,000 of that is going to be in interest. So that's on a traditional mortgage. It's very interest heavy. So at the end of the first year, you still owe $196,773 because the way it works is the we're talking about the rate of interest, remember. I'm going to talk to you in a minute about the ratio of interest to principal. And that's a key, 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 key piece. Because what people look at is the interest rate. They'll be like, oh, it's 4.5, it's 3.7. Oh, it's, oh, I'm only paying 2.1%. Right. That's what you're paying in interest. But the ratio of interest to principal is what people don't look at. And that's what I like to look at. Okay. So how much of that is interest? Well, it's heavy interest up front. And that's, that's the way a mortgage is designed, a traditional mortgage. You pay a lot of the interest up front. And then the, the principal is getting paid down as you go. So in our case of having a $200,000 mortgage, in year 20, year 19 and a half actually, so between year 19 and year 20, that's when you have paid off half the principal. So it's taking you almost 20 years to pay off $100,000 in principal because the bulk of it has been interest. And that's really, really, really important. So on a $200,000, if, if nothing changed, forget about people moving and refinancing, none of that stuff's happened. On a $200,000 mortgage, you've probably, you're probably going to end up paying about $160,000 in interest. And that's spreading it out over 25 years in payments and 30 years amortized. And that's just how it works. 
people don't look at that to say, wow, that's like almost double. However, you know, they're looking at the, oh, it's only four and a half percent or 2.1 or whatever the number was. So what I like to look at is the ratio. And I say, okay, well, how much interest to principal are we talking about? Because that's the traditional mortgage. That's the one most of us know about. What are the other kinds of mortgages that we could talk about? Well, we've got, that's a fixed rate mortgage where we know it's going to be paid this interest rate for this many years. You know, there's 10-year mortgages for 3.2%. So that means for 10 years, you're not going to have that number, that interest rate's not going to change. And a lot of people think, oh, I need to get locked into that. There's variable rate mortgages, which means it varies or changes depending on the Bank of Canada rate. Uh, the interest could go up, the interest could go down. So people get nervous about that because it's not predictable. There's floating rates and floating rates are adjustable or variable sometimes They're known as the same thing. And that's where it can be fixed over the life of the, the mortgage or it can change. So it's going to, it's going to float depending on, um, what different type of interest rate the, government, you know, if the Bank of Canada changes it, so a floating rate or a variable rate. Uh, people get nervous about that. Uh, I look at it, and, and when you study it over the long term, that variable rate isn't significantly, it does, even if it goes up a little bit or it goes down a little bit, it over the long term doesn't change a whole lot. And people just get nervous about that, thinking they got to be locked in. I'm not telling you one is better than the other. Everybody's different. It's like everything else I ever say is all your finances are special to you. So make sure when you're making these decisions, you talk to somebody that can help you evaluate them. Now, when I talk to you about the ratio, I'm talking interest to principal. And that means, am I paying more in pure dollars now? I'm talking, am I paying more in dollars than I am that I should be based on the interest rate? So that is a traditional mortgage. And when I keep saying traditional, that means that's what everybody's used to. That's what everybody talks about. What other kind of mortgage is there? Well, there's another one that I want to mention to you besides all the fixed and the variable. And then you can get hybrids of fixed and variable. You can also get hybrids of what I'm going to talk about, which is a combination of a traditional mortgage and a home equity line of credit. So a home equity loan or a HELOC or a home line or all the different terms that you've heard, what that means is it's very similar to your your mortgage, and it's in the sense that you can get up to eighty percent of the loan value. You pay the you pay interest on it, but it's like having a line of credit. So you know when you have, uh, you go out and you get a line of credit. The bank gives you a ten thousand dollar line of credit. That means here it is, uh, no strings attached essentially, right? And you can go buy it and spend whatever you want with that money, as long as you pay the interest every month. Now, eventually you have to pay the principal back, but what they're concerned about is making sure that the interest payment gets made. Home equity line of credit is the same thing, only it's a line of credit against your house. So if you go out and buy a house and you say, I want a line of credit, they'll say, oh, well, we'll give you a line of credit and we'll use your house as collateral. Same thing I said about a regular mortgage, remember? A traditional mortgage, it's the collateral. The difference is, uh, you're required to pay the interest on the loan, which in this case is the line of credit that you secured with the house. So you have to pay the interest on it. So what does that mean? That means that the ratio is now different. 
That means you can be paying the same $1,000 a month, only you're going to be putting more of that towards your principal because you have to pay the interest, but you can always put more down. There's no penalty. Remember I said there could be a penalty if you wanted to put more down on a traditional mortgage? Well, that's because you're only allowed in some instances on the anniversary date of yours, which is the year, say you bought the house July the 1st, well, then every July the 1st, you might be able to put down an extra 10% of the loan value or you might be able to put down a fixed amount. depends on how it's worded. But it's not, I just got came into this money and I want to put more down. It doesn't work like that. A home equity line of credit works more like that. You can say, oh, well, it's just a line of credit. It's, it's open in that sense. So I can go in and I can put $10,000 down July 1st. I can put $10,000 down August 1st. If I got a bonus at work, I can go put that down. So now you're putting money down on the principal. And the lower the principal, the lower the interest rate. So that is a home equity line of credit or a home line or a home equity loan. They're all known as the same thing. They just, different institutions call them different things. But what it is, it's a line of credit secured with your house as the collateral. So you don't have a mortgage, a traditional mortgage and a home equity line of credit. You have one or the other. Now, you may also have a hybrid, which means you could have a small traditional mortgage and then you could have the balance of it as the line of credit. And those are dependent, again, on what you qualify for and dependent, again, on what institution you use, what they offer and what they what they have that they can give you. So we're up to our third break today. I want to take our break, come back, and we'll wrap up this conversation and just let your brain digest the two different kinds, the traditional and the home equity line. So We'll talk more about that when we come back. You're listening to the uh, Inspired Choices Network, and you're listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word. A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. 
Canada, 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Knobel, on the Inspired Choices Network, where we spend our days and nights on every other of the shows helping to make people's world better and their lives better and improved and offer them the help and assistance that they need with whatever it is they're looking for at the time. And I do that here on Financially Speaking just by the financial part where people need a little bit of help or have a few questions about financial concepts or financial issues that they're looking at. And today we were looking at mortgages and what they are. And mortgages, the different kinds of mortgages. Now there's there's a lot of different kinds in terms of the traditional, fixed, variable, hybrid of the two. There's the, the home equity line of credit or the home line or the home the the home equity loan. Uh, however you want to word it, they all have different names. It depends on the different institution. It's uh it can that's the only part that I I think can be the most confusing for people is there's one name at this institution and it's a different name at a different institution, so you don't know it's the same thing that you're talking about. But think of it like this. A traditional mortgage, they lock in or they offer you a fixed interest rate or a variable interest rate over a certain amount of time. And from there, you're paying a certain amount of money every month and part of that's going to interest and part of that's going to principal. And people think, I'm looking at the interest rate. What is my interest rate? I've got a low interest rate. That must be good. And maybe it is. And some of them are. But I just want to bring out uh, another concept that people can think about and say, hey, maybe that works for me. And that's the home equity line. And that is a line of credit secured with your house. And you still pay an interest rate. And, and usually the interest rate is a little bit higher than a traditional mortgage. And the reason for that is, so if it's, if you could have got 2.5% on your traditional, you might get a 3.5% on your home line. And the reason for that is you're going to be paying a lot less interest, typically, because you're paying it down faster because you're able to put more on it without penalty. And there's a lot of pieces that go with it. Do not go out and get one over the other without doing your homework or without talking to somebody. But my my goal is to just highlight the differences and highlight the options that are out there so that you know what to ask for, that you can go and uh, at least have a conversation with somebody and say, hey, what is this home line? Will that work for me? Is that something I qualify for? Is that something uh, I would like? Is that is that the way to go? Is that even something the lender that I'm working with offers? So these are all the questions that we can look at. But now it's just arming you with the opportunity to say, hey, let me make sure that what I'm doing is the right thing for me and my family or it's the the best way for me to purchase that house or purchase that business or expand that business or expand my real estate portfolio or whatever it is that you're doing. So my my goal is I get asked a lot about mortgages and a lot of and everybody like everything else I ever say, everybody's different, everybody's special and everybody's unique in their own circumstances. So just if I don't bring this up. I know a lot of people don't know about the different kinds and I just want you to be guarded, armed so that you can go out and be be armed with the knowledge or the questions so that you can say, hey, does that work for me? Is that what I want? Um, I mentioned I don't do mortgages. I'm not a mortgage expert. I just help. I know 
from my own personal experience and I know from my work experience that I just help people understand the differences and then they go out and they see which one's best for them. Sometimes it works uh, for them to have the home equity line and sometimes it works for them to have the traditional mortgage and a lot of it comes down to self-discipline because remember, it's a line of credit. So if you don't have the discipline to not spend money and you're paying this down, you still have access to that money. So you want to be very, very careful. And that's one of the key pieces that I always talk to people about or caution them about is if you are not uh, disciplined in your spending, and by that I mean if you have a line of credit of $200,000 and you're paying it down month after month after month and you now have $100,000 paid off and you have access to $100,000, you are not going to go crazy and buy uh, you know, a bunch of shoes and a boat and a ski-doo and a castle or whatever you're going to do you don't want to waste your money because you have access to it so those are all the things i just want to to get your brain thinking about the different things that you can do and why you would do them and that's what mortgages are that's the death pledge that we started talking about at the top of the show and just wanted to share that and shed some light on it because i do get asked that a lot if you have any questions please write in please call please let us know uh join us in the chat room and we will try to our best to answer your questions. We're going to talk next week about uh, the millionaire calculator because the other question I get asked a lot is, how do I become a millionaire? And becoming a millionaire is a question of mindset. It's a question of dollars and cents, of course. And it's a question of what do you consider a millionaire? Is it considered having a million dollars in the bank? Is it considered having a million dollars worth of net worth? Is it considered being uh, debt-free and having a million dollars? Is it considered having a savings of a million dollars? What is what is a millionaire to you? What is a million dollars? And how do you become one? So next week, we're going to talk about that. And as always, uh, please join us here on the Inspired Choices Network. And if there's something out there and you're thinking, oh, I really could... I have this great gift I could share with the world or I have this knowledge or specialty and I really would like to be a host and share that, then please, please, please reach out because I know Christine would be happy to hear from you. She's our uh, our leader here, the owner of the network, and she's always looking for people to share their wisdom and, and gifts with. So join us here, same place, same channel, same time next week. And we'll talk more about financially speaking and what matters to you, what it affects you, and how we can understand it better together. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.